Well, we are in our final week of this series called Broken People. Broken people. There are broken people all over the world. There's broken people. Could be possibly broken people right here in this service. Could be broken people watching online, whether you're watching live or watching later. There are broken people. And we all go through seasons. I have seasons of, of brokenness. When, when, you, um, when you go through some things. And sometimes that brokenness could come from deliberate sin that you've allowed to linger in your life. Or it, it, it could be because of circumstances beyond your control and there's really nothing you did but just, they just happen. Or it could be because of someone close to you may have done something to you or, or said something bad about you. We actually looked at that over the last three weeks with Samson, Ruth, and David. You can actually go back and, and watch or listen to those uh, messages on our website. But Samson, Ruth, and David were the three characters that sort of God led me to focus on as we looked at broken people. And all three of those people were broken people, and, um, and they were all broken because of various different things, just like I, I mentioned just a minute ago. And so... But even though they were broken, God can still use them. God still used them. And just because you could be in a state or a season of brokenness, God can still use you. God has a plan for you. So today's message, as we close this out, I want the focus and the title of my message to simply be the broken church. The broken church. You heard that right. The broken church. The church is full of broken people. Now, you may ask, well, how is a church broken? Well, the church is not only is it full of broken people, but churches can experience seasons of brokenness as a church. And it, there, are, there are seasons, just like we talked about, where there's deliberate sin that's allowed to linger or bad circumstances that happen or hurt that keeps coming from others or whatever. And so, because the church is full of just broken people, we can be a broken church. But here's one thing I've realized. Over the past about six months of our church, I've noticed something that's kind of different about our church. And um, the Lord has been showing this to me time and time again. And I've seen it in, in, in you as, as a church. I've seen it. I hear, you, I hear you talk about it more and more, more than ever before in the nine, almost 10 years of our existence. And the thing that I have seen you do more of over the last six months and talk about more and have a passion about and, and are, are knocking on my doors or my emails or my texts with this one thing, this is what I've noticed. You love broken people. You love broken people. You want to reach out to broken people. I hear it in conversations. I see it in your actions. And that is a great, great revelation. Now, why is this? Well, the revelation God told me is because when, when a church walks through brokenness, they have a stronger sensitivity toward the Holy Spirit wants to do for people who are broken. When a church walks through brokenness, 
We see it in lots of different churches. When a church walks through brokenness, they have a greater sensitivity to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the hearts and the lives of those who are broken. And you want to be a part of that. And so, I believe that that's what has been happening. The, the, uh, the Holy Spirit is known as, as the, the great comforter or the counselor or the advocate. Those are different words in, in Scripture describing the Holy Spirit. And because of that, you long to be the same thing and to be the arms and the heart and the mouth of the Holy Spirit and help people to comfort them to encourage them to be their advocate and their counselor. So at Lake Point Church, we believe that the broken can be made beautiful again. At Lake Point Church, we believe that the broken can be made beautiful again. God is showing that right before our eyes. So if you are broken today, whether you're here live or you're watching later, if you are broken today, guess what? You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. Or maybe you had a season of brokenness in the past, but you, you still see those scars in your life, and, and it, it, it still kind of hurts a little bit. But you've come to the right place. Why? Because we are a church that loves broken people. And I'm not saying that we haven't, we haven't um, had that in the past, but it's just more elevated now. It's more on the surface. And I'm not saying that other churches don't do that as well. There's lots of churches that, that feel the same way. But there's just a more elevated awareness of broken people. It's like we're, we're, we're drawn to them because the Holy Spirit is moving in our life, in our church. And the Holy Spirit is doing something new and fresh in our church. And I guarantee you, the devil doesn't like it. We're going to see how brokenness affected the early church. In Scripture today, one of the main leaders of the church and a follower of Jesus was Peter, who was a disciple and an apostle. We see the future church leader broken before the Lord. And you may be familiar with this encounter. So I'm going to be in, in mostly in Luke chapter 22, 24. And then I'm also going to be a little bit in Acts. But if you turn your Bible to, uh, to Acts, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 22, uh, you can have your, your hard copy of God's Word, your printed copy of God's Word, or your digital copy of God's Word. We'll have, we'll have the words on the, the Scripture on the screen for those who are watching online as well. And so the, um, the Scripture we're going to read about today, you may be familiar with. So Luke chapter 22. We're going to be down at verse 54. Verse 54. So let's read together. Then seizing him, they're talking about Jesus. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. This is after they've arrested Jesus and all of this stuff starts. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down to get together. Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him, Peter, seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Said, man, I am not, Peter replied, exclamation point. After an hour later, another asserted, 
Certainly this guy, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he said this, as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. So Peter was a little bit at a, walking, watching from a distance everything they were doing with Jesus, but they were eyesight of one another. The Lord turned to look straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Man, imagine denying someone as loving and has put and has invested so much time in your life. Someone as close as Jesus spent over three years with Peter, handpicked him, told him he was the rock. You know, I'd imagine the closest thing I could do that is like deny my family, deny my wife, or deny even knowing my kids. But Peter denying the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a question for us, for me, all of us. How have we potentially, how have we may have denied Jesus in our life? It's a little bit easier to do because Jesus isn't here on the planet with us and in physical form, in spirit, of course. But how many times have, have we been in circumstances where we have denied really even knowing Jesus or uh, denied what he's doing in our life by maybe our actions or our words. Peter was broken by the shame by denying to know Jesus. Imagine the hurt he would have felt or he had felt. Jesus believed in Peter. He even gave him a new name. But in his brokenness, the Holy Spirit would use Peter to do amazing things and to help start the church. How does Peter respond after being broken? We find the first of his responses just three days removed from this brokenness. So go two chapters over, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. This is after Jesus had been flogged. He's been, he's been whipped. He's been put on the cross. He has, uh, he, he has passed away. He's been put in the grave. And then Easter Sunday morning. So Luke chapter 24, verse 9 through 12. When they came back from the tomb, the, the ladies who went to the tomb early in the morning, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11, capital E, that's the disciples, the apostle. Why, why 11, not 12? Because Judas is no more. And to all the others, verse 10, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. When they did not believe the women, the women because their words seemed to, to them like nonsense, verse 12, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. So this is three days. Three days after denying Jesus. And Jesus knows about it, Right? I mean, Jesus, they, they caught, have eye contact. Jesus knew, and Peter did not have another opportunity to just go to Jesus and say, I'm sorry, I failed you. Three days removed. 
And where is Peter? Peter is with the other guys. He's with the other apostles. He's with the other people that follow Jesus. Now, I tell you what, if I would have been Peter, I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have gone and, and, and been with those same people before. I would have probably escaped and, and just gone far away and, and, and not even show my face because of the shame in my life. But here's what we know about Peter. And, and the first response we see is Peter is that he stayed in fellowship with the other believers. He stayed in fellowship with the other believers. It says 11. They were with the 11, the apostles. It, it, it probably could have easily have been 10. Without Judas and without Peter. But Peter made the deliberate decision. You know, I need to stay in fellowship. I need to stay in fellowship. Church, when we go through brokenness, the last thing our flesh wants to do is to stay in church. Really. And when we go through brokenness of maybe deliberate sin or our, our, our circumstances, maybe you lost your job or your health is going bad, sometimes we just want to be like, you know, I just, I just want to be a hermit crab and just kind of hide over here. I, I don't want to be with our church. Hey, I know it's difficult and there could even be some, some regret involved in, in your brokenness or things you just don't want to talk about. But listen, we are a church that loves broken people. We've been broken. So stay in fellowship. Stay in fellowship with the church like Peter. Peter shows us that. The second response from Peter is seen when he runs to the tomb even though others are doubting. Peter did not allow his brokenness to affect his belief in Jesus. He never stopped believing. Never stopped believing. Take it from journey. Don't stop believing. Right? We have to keep believing no matter what situation, no matter what level of brokenness we walk through. Keep believing. Peter was the first. Did you see the other, the other apostles? They were like, ah, those crazy women. They were up too early. You know, they, they don't know what they've seen. Peter was like, uh, no, I, I believe. I believe. And Peter Peter might have been one of the last ones to want to go see Jesus because, what, because of his shame, because of denying him three times, just like Jesus said he would do. But, but he ran, and he, he did not let his circumstances shadow, overshadow his belief and to hide his belief. We need to stay strong in our belief. We need to pick up God's word. We need to pray. We need to Believe no matter what brokenness you're walking through. Brokenness of finances, brokenness of, of, of your marriage, of other relationships, of, of health, of maybe some deliberate sin, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Stay in fellowship and don't stop believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and in your faith. Take your faith to a higher level. 
Last year in 2021, when, when our family went through a lot of brokenness, we, and I, I don't say this a pride, it, it just, and, and a lot of this is really Suzanne's idea, and Suzanne's like, no, we need to do this. And so I'm grateful for her and her leadership and our family, but um, we, we prayed harder, stronger. We're in God's word more. Why? Because we are broken. And we found strength. We found strength in God's word and prayer and the fellowship of the saints. We were healed by the Holy Spirit and the love of our church because our church loves broken people. About 80 days after the resurrection, so Jesus walked the planet for like 40 days. And uh, in fact, I, I did a sermon recently about 40 days. And, and then they, they had to wait. The, the disciples and the apostles and the followers had to wait in the upper room and and, and uh, it was the, the Holy Spirit that came upon them. You, could, you can read about this in Acts chapter 2. How the Holy Spirit came upon people in, in, in tongues of, of fire. And it was the unleashing. It was the beginning of the church. It was the, the spark that started it all. It's like the, the, the church was this dry forest. And all it took was a spark. And the spark was the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, when I go to heaven, I, I have to go to heaven because when I go to heaven, I'm going to switch places with somebody and that somebody is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is someone who's going to comfort you and to guide you. And the Holy Spirit went inside people and, and, it, and it helped to bring them, bring them closer together in unity and faith, but it also gave them boldness and power in October, first Sunday in October, here's a preview. In October, my sermon series is called Holy Ghost Stories. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Holy Ghost Stories in October. But the Holy Spirit could just, it lights a fire. And, and that's what it did. And, and it, started, it started the church. And, and Peter what happened is Peter stood in front of a large crowd in Jerusalem to give his first sermon about faith in Jesus. Look, look at Acts chapter 2. So flip over to Acts chapter 2. You're in Luke, so skip John. We love John, but we're going to skip him right now. And go over to Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Verse 37. Through 41, it says this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Now, you could read his, his sermon, but after his sermon, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? See, when you share the gospel message through the power of the Holy Spirit, people are going to want to ask, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? And we got to be ready for that. What shall we do? Verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Verse 40, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt uh, generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized in about three Thousand were added to their numbers that day. 
The same guy who denied Jesus. The third thing he did, the third thing he did in the middle of his brokenness, because denying someone like Jesus takes a while to get over. He's still in the middle of this, still remembering. And what does he do? (laughs) He continues his calling. He continues his calling. He was called to bring people to Jesus. Jesus once told him, look, you're no longer Simon. Simon's not a name for you. You're Peter. You're the rock. Petra. You are the rock. Meaning his revelation of who Jesus is and the message he's going to bring people. So Peter was faithful to his calling. He continued his calling. When you are broken, when the church is broken, we must stay in our fellowship, never stop believing, and continue our calling. Stay in fellowship, don't stop believing, and we must continue our calling. You have a calling on your life. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you believe in him and, you're, and, and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have a calling, and that calling is to share Christ with others. That's just what it is. That's what it is. Now, you may think, well, I don't know how to do that. That's fine. That's something we can help, we can help with, but also the, just telling people your story, what Jesus has done for your life, because you used to be this, and now you're this. Something happened from here to here. That is what you share. That's your story, your testimony. Your testimony is powerful. It's a reflection of the gospel, because you were changed. This word changed you. And if you were baptized, It was an outward symbol of that change, and you could tell others. But you have a calling. There are people in your classroom, students, on your sports team, who need to know about hope in Jesus Christ. Adults, there's people at work. There's people that come uh, come into your business. There are people who sit down at your chair if you're a hairdresser. There's people who come into your bank if you're a banker. There's people walking into your classroom, students and parents, if you're a teacher, whatever the occupation is, if you're a telemarketer, I'll pray for you. (laughs) But whatever the occupation is, or wherever you're at in school, know this, you have a calling. And there's people God has strategically placed around you that you can share your story. That's it. Share your story. That's what it's about. We need to be like Peter. Don't get out of the fellowship. Don't stop believing and continue with our calling. We are a broken church who loves broken people, much like the early church is seen in the next few verses. We have become more like these verses than I have seen in the last nine years. Check these verses out. I'm still in Acts chapter 2. Skip to, and we're at the next verse where we stop. Verse 42 says this. They, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You've come here, if you've come here to Lake Point Church of the last six months, it's because I mean, the Holy Spirit drew you. The Holy Spirit was drawing you to this. Could have been most likely somebody in our church inviting you because our church and our brokenness, we have a heart for broken people. We have a heart for broken people. And Jesus loves broken people. Jesus in the Last Supper. And we're gonna, we're gonna take those elements in just a few moments. But in that Last Supper, Jesus blessed the bread. He blessed it. And then he broke the bread. And then he served it to the disciples to bring so that the disciples could bring that message to others. After, first thing he did, he blessed it. Then he broke it. I want to remind you of something. Something you may not have thought about. Just like when Jesus blessed the bread. He blessed the bread before he broke the bread. The blessing came before the breaking. I want you to know that God blessed you before you were broken. Let that sink in for a second. God blessed you before you were broken. God covered you before you went through your storm. God anointed you before the devil attacked you. The fact that you've been blessed beforehand is a sign that the blessing will not kill you or harm you. I'm here to tell you what you're going through will not kill you. The bread was being broken, but it was also in the hands of Jesus. Isn't it good to know that we've been blessed before our brokenness and that our brokenness in our lives, we were in the hands of Christ. We are in the hands of Jesus. And then, it was intentional. He passed it to the disciples. And the disciples then took that message and shared it with others. 